From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. VK4BB at the microphone and I'm Graham with WIA and the National News Service and amateur radio proves its worth in times of emergency. From Haiti, the USA, Indonesia and here in VK just last weekend. Good morning. Wyson South Australia conducted a communications exercise on Sunday 2nd of October 2016. The exercise was conducted as a result of severe weather activity across South Australia during the previous few days including a statewide power outage. A test for our call out capabilities was called by the Wyson SA committee and was to be conducted in a way similar to a possible real event with little advance notice. Secretary Andrew, VK5 FMAC, sent an email for people to read on the Sunday and Charlie, VK5 KDK, provided a segment on the local Sunday morning broadcast. Several interesting events were occurring. It was the first day of daylight saving. The IPS reports indicated very depressed conditions on HF. In fact, 40% depressed to the predicted levels and with no NVIS support. A number of our committee are also involved with the State Emergency Service and the Country Fire Service, so aware of the very high number of incidents occurring around the state prior to and during the time of the test. A number of Wyson members are also involved with relaying the WA Sunday morning broadcast. Every Sunday morning we conduct callbacks on 160, 80, 40, 6 and 2 metres as well as 70 centimetres and also the free DV broadcast. This provides a high level of knowledge of propagation distances, times and frequencies along with amateurs who are capable and available for communications. Amateurs who are involved with Wyson assay events such as the Rally of South Australia are also highly likely to be called as they have recently proved they are available, can operate portable, are flexible to changes in response needs and Wyson has up-to-date contact details for all involved. The plan was to make calls on popular HF bands and the local VHF repeater VK5RAD. The calls were to commence at 0800 UTC or 6.30pm local time and allow 5 to 10 minutes per band with net control shared between Trevor VK5ATQ and Charlie VK5KDK. Calls were made to various geographical areas of the state such as the Riverland, Barossa Valley, Air Peninsula and the southeast with the Greater Adelaide area via the 2 metre repeater. There were 20 stations worked on HF and 20 on VHF. We believe the exercise was very successful under the conditions. Sorry to anyone who missed the fun due to various commitments and it was done with little lead time to emulate a possible real-time event. Lessons learned include the difference in propagation for the time of day and the solar activity at the time. Thanks to all amateurs who managed to make the test a success. This is Charlie, VK5KDK, on behalf of Wyson, South Australia. Thanks, Charlie. Now from Charlie to Matthew, Hurricane Matthew leaves trail of mayhem. The biggest and most deadly storm to hit the Caribbean in almost a decade, Hurricane Matthew, made landfall at Haiti, killing a dozen people as it moved to Cuba, Dominica, the Bahamas and now eastern USA. 
The Emergency Coordinator for IARU Region 2, Cesar Piaholi, HR2P, reported that radio amateurs in Cuba and parts of Dominica were activated. Emergency traffic on VHF 80 and 40 metres. While rescue and recovery work continues, attention is now on Florida, Georgia and Virginia in the US. The Hurricane WatchNet earlier swung into catastrophic response mode, gathering updated weather information from radio amateurs. Throughout the stricken area, regularly the net had English and Spanish messages on 14325 and 7268 megs. Open Radio Mini Conference, January 2017. Put it in the diaries now. Next year, the Linux Conference Australia will make its way to Hobart and as part of the week-long event there, there'll be a one-day mini-conference on open radio. The mini-conference has been running a number of years now and will showcase talks and demonstrations on software-defined radio, amateur radio activities, open-source radio protocols and modulation schemes, design of telemetry transmitters for embedded systems and adding radio to your Internet of Things. If you'd like more information on the mini-conference, drop an email to Scott Victor Kilo 7 Lima X-Ray X-Ray. The 8th Annual Rathmines Catalina Festival this month celebrates the rich history of World War II RAAF base of Catalina flying boats based there in 1941. The festival has many military displays and radio amateurs will show off wartime radio communications. Volunteers come from the Westlakes Amateur Radio Club to run the equipment and answer questions. The Rathmines Catalina Festival, Sunday, October 30. In this digital age comes research that 75% of adults use mobile technology to make their payments. A recent study by PayPal and conducted by Roy Morgan Research found that apart from buying things, we pay bills online for the phone, utility, insurance and other accounts. The demography comes into play here with a third making a mobile payment every week, with that figure jumping to just under half of those under 35. Future jobs will come from digitisation and innovation, now placing an emphasis in school curriculum of science, technology, engineering and maths. The WIA is looking at the STEM program to see what role a few radio amateurs can play. In WIA Board Talk, the WIA opt-out system for digitised amateur radio magazine. The WIA has begun its new scheme for members not wanting to receive in the post a paper magazine and read only the digitised version. The move is in response to members who no longer want to receive a paper copy and prefer to read it online. It'll also save the WIA rising postage costs. Members who don't want to receive the magazine in the post should use the tick box in Memnet member self-service portal or the contact form on the website. The URL and some added information is in the text edition of this broadcast. Also in this broadcast, a reminder that WIA Treasury vacancy applications close October 21. Inquiries have been received for the Treasurer position with a resume provided and preliminary discussions held. A further release on this volunteer position is now on wia.org.au. This follows earlier broadcast announcements and the vacancy being in the October issue of AR Magazine. The WIA Board reminds all applicants the close-off date is October 21. Foundations of Amateur Radio Recently, I had the opportunity to participate in a contest that was specifically set up for QRP, that is, 5 watts or less. There was an hour for digital modes, including Morse, but I don't yet speak that, so I sat tight for the second hour, for phone. This particular contest was a single band-only contest, 80 metres. When I planned for the contest, I set my watch wrong by an hour, so I almost didn't make it, but fortunately my XYL queried my delayed departure 
and I was out the door in the nick of time. I headed out to the beach only to be confronted with S8 noise from a local housing estate. So I retreated rapidly back into the bush and found myself a lovely little nook where I could park the car without causing any disruption and start twiddling the dial. I immediately learned that my vertical was very, very narrow in bandwidth. That is, there was a limited range of frequencies I could use which curtailed the activity somewhat. Undeterred, I hunted up and down the workable range, heard lots of stations and even made one contact. I almost tickled the eardrum of a station on the other side of the country, but he was being bombarded by other noisemakers, so that didn't eventuate. I got my eardrums belted by some locals who hadn't heard that it was a QRP contest, but all in all, there was lots of fun to be had. My take home was that I should prepare better. I should have scouted a location earlier, used a more suitable antenna, and considered if the locals would be pulling out of a side road, shining their headlights on me parked in the bush on a continuous rotation. The contest was easy to do. It reminded me that prior planning prevents piss-poor performance and that I should really think about a better way to log contacts on the road in a contest situation. So every outing is a learning opportunity. If you don't think back about the experience, how do you go about learning from it? I'm Ono, Victor Kilo, 6 Foxtrot, Lima, Alpha, Bravo. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. International news. I'm John VK4JJW. The New Zealand Communications Regulator has announced that ground-based radio location, including automotive radar, will be permitted to use 77 to 81 gigahertz. The Radio Communications Regulations, General User Radio Licence for Short Range Devices, Notice, was updated to include a new provision covering the frequency range 77 to 81 gigahertz. This provision is for the purpose of ground-based radio location use, including automotive short-range radar technology. The provision is in line with the outcomes of the World Radio Communication Conference that concluded in November 2015. Indonesian floods helped by emergency communications. The flooding in West Java, which has caused landslides and killed about 20 people, remains a disaster scene, with recovery work continuing. This time of the year is usually drier in Indonesia, but a combination of La Nina Southern Oscillation weather pattern and warm seas caused the heavy rainfall. Chief of Organisation and International Affairs of Arari, Yelani Saltama, YB1GJS, said that early on September 21, emergency communications began after heavy rain and the Simonok River burst its banks. Orari, which stands for Organisasi Amatia Radio Indonesia, is the IARU member society and its Garrett district set up the emergency station at a base camp for one of the worst hit areas. YB1GJS reports that it had an HF net on 7110 MHz with a VHF repeater for operation and coordination to support the government and search and rescue team. The height of the drama included a report that two houses were buried by landslides and a mosque destroyed. About three dozen people were injured and villages in low-lying areas were evacuated. Among the work was looking for the 22 people who were listed as missing. Jim Linton, VK3PC, Chairman IARU Region 3 Disaster Communications Committee, told VK1WIA National News that the Orari Garud district was due to be stood down as the flooding eased after providing service to the government during the recovery phase.
Royals tweet in Morse code. In a case of the old meeting the new, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge on a recent trip to the Yukon Territory in Canada used a Morse code telegraph machine to send a tweet. William and Kate signed a virtual visitor's book with a Morse code tweet using a nifty piece of technology. A local IT expert, Seamus Burness, came up with telegraph-to-tweet technology and had 90-year-old former Commissioner of Yukon and World War II radio operator Doug Bell on the Morse key. Doug tapped out the message and Kate and William pressed a lever to send the tweet from the tiny historic Whitehorse Telegraph office in northern Canada. South Africa's Secunda Amateur Radio Club will launch BACAR4 on Saturday 15th of October. This is a balloon carrying amateur radio equipment. It's the fourth year Secunda Amateur Radio Club will be presenting the BACAR program to interested schools in the Govan Magiki Municipal Area. The program entails the launch of a high-altitude balloon carrying small satellites built by learner teams from the participating schools and an amateur radio parrot repeater. The program is designed to stimulate interest in STEM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering and Mathematics. Weird and wonderful. Pencils down, books closed. Terahertz radiation to read closed books. Massachusetts Institute of Technology researchers have a prototype imaging system to read a letter on each of the top nine pages of a book when it's closed. It uses terahertz radiation between microwaves and infrared on the electromagnetic spectrum. Future research will work on seeking deeper penetration with the technology one day able to look inside books that are too old to open without risking severe degradation. The Metropolitan Museum in New York showed a lot of interest in this because they want to, for example, look into some antique books that they don't even want to touch, says a research scientist at the MIT Media Lab. He adds that the system could be used to analyse any materials organised in thin layers, such as coatings on machine parts or pharmaceuticals. Meantime, researchers at the Brown University in the U.S. are exploring terahertz radiation that may hold the solution to faster wireless network data connectivity speeds. There's also some interest by radio amateurs in terahertz spectrum, also known as the submillimeter wavelength, particularly from our VK7 friends. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ 2016. October 8, radio amateurs old timers QSO party. October 8 and 9, WA Oceania DX Contest CW. October 15 and 16, it's the New York USA party with logs due October 31. October 29 and 30, CQ WWDX SSB Contest. Always October last full weekend. November 11 to 14, the Keith Rocher Memorial National Park Sword Activation. November 26 27, WIA VHF UHF Spring Field Day. November 2627 CQWWDX Contest. Always the last four weekend in November. December 1 to 31. Annual Youngsters on the Air. Yota. In the world of DX, Polish operators are operating from central Kiribati for about four weeks. The call sign is T31T and they are on all bands 80 to 6 metres. They are also hoping to train local residents in the use of emergency radio communication systems. But you must send QSL cards via club log OQRS. The ongoing de-expedition by Tom KCOW next moves to Western Kiribati where he will operate as T30COW until the 24th of October. 
This is a CW only operation and QSLs go directly to KCOW. Aaron, VA1AXE is active as CY0 stroke VA1AXE from Sobel Island in A063 until early November. In his limited spare time, he operates SSB mainly only on 20 metres. QSL via JE1LET but direct only. Patrick, FO5QS has been active from Ewer Hine, OC067, in French Polynesia for 17 years. He is now moving to Hiva Oa in the Marquias Islands, which is OC027, and will remain there for several years. Now to mark the 150th anniversary of that experiment will be two special event stations, K6L and K1T. They will be on the summit of Bears Dan Mountain in Virginia from October 14 to 16, where Inventor Loomis demonstrated his aerial telegraph. The third period of the Ted Powell Memorial Day Challenge for 2016 is now closed and entries are open until the 14th of October. If you have worked in NDX over the past three months, head over to www.vk2au.org and submit an entry. There are several easy ways to enter. This is a fun and relaxed challenge run by the Fishers Ghost Amateur Radio Club. We work DX in your own time over a three-month period. The challenge is to work the most wanted entity based on its ranking in Club Log's most wanted list. See website vk2au.org for more details. VK7 takes out the RD. The Remembrance Day Contest 2016 was the latest version of a contest that has been around for 70 years. Each year, state versus state battle out on the bands to see which state can lay claim to being the most radioactive. And this year, the VK7s proved they were worthy of the title. Tasmania has won the 2016 Remembrance Day Contest. Who will win 2017? The WA's flagship contest, the Remembrance Day Contest in 2017, is the 12th and 13th of August. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Broadcast, monitoring, shortwave listening and scanner news. Richard VK2SKY tells WIA National News, the news you can trust, that the Manly Warringah Radio Society in Sydney has a new web SDR online. This web accessible software defined radio receiver covers five amateur bands, 160, 80, 40, 20 and 15 metres, so you can easily check from anywhere in the world if your HF signal is reaching VK2. It's also handy if you're away from the shack and just want to do some shortwave listening through your mobile phone or other portable device. You could even listen in through your computer at work. Just don't annoy the boss. This project has been supported by a generous development grant from Amateur Radio New South Wales, for which the club would like to express its heartfelt thanks. The receiver may be used by anyone, whether a licensed amateur or not. Simply go to the Manly Warringah Radio Society website at www.mwrs.org.au and click on the WebSDR link in the top menu. Give it a try and let the club know how it works for you. All feedback will be most welcome. The club website again, www.mikewhiskeyromeosierra.org. Dot alpha uniform, or just Google the club call sign Victor Kilo 2 Mike Bravo. Happy listening. For the Manly Ring of Radio Society in Sydney, I'm Richard Renan, VK2 SKY. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming, and text at wia.org.au.
Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR with Worldwide Special Interest Group News, starting this week with Final Frontier and the ISS is getting ready for an upgrade. The International Space Station is in the final stages of getting donated amateur radio gear and significant funding that is needed for its safe readiness testing and delivery. Fundraising is critically important at almost $200,000 to meet the rigid but necessary standards of NASA. Amateur radio and the International Space Station contacts with schools continue to inspire young people to study science and technology. And new to old, it appears that AO7 switched to mode A between 0400 and 0600 UTC September 30th. That suggests that the satellite is now in constant sunlight and receiving enough power from the solar cells for the 24-hour timer to stay on throughout its entire orbit. Expect daily mode switches between mode A and mode B to occur for the next three months or so. As AO7's orbit progresses and the periods of constant sunlight become fewer and fewer, there will be less of an opportunity to use mode A on a yearly basis. So enjoy it while it lasts. So now, resurrect that old 10 metre antenna of yours and get out there. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amateur Old Timers, celebrating Maine's first YL at 108. It's a happy birthday to Mary Cousins. Happy birthday to the woman once known as W1GSC. These wishes come a few days late, but then turning 108, as the main resident did this past September 20th, has likely cultivated a lot of patience for this retired librarian. Mary Cousins was the first woman in the state of Maine to become licensed radio amateur, a feat she accomplished in 1933, when her name was Mary Sybil Wallace and she was 24 years old. The licensing authority back then was the Federal Radio Commission, an entity that did not even exist in 1908, the year she was born. Even though it's been some time since she operated as W1GSC, Mary did enjoy a sweet moment with her old call sign. The likeness of her license decorated the dessert at her party on Deer Island, Maine. In fact, you might say it was uh, the icing on the cake. Now, radio amateur young timers, NASA Next magazine for teens and educators. NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland, recently released the second issue of its new online news magazine for teens and educators called NASA Next. NASA Next breaks down complex science and brings its audience the latest news on Goddard science, including studies of Earth, the Sun, our solar system, and the universe. NASA Next is interactive with clickable links to other NASA web pages, so readers can learn more about the missions and technologies they come across. The magazine includes articles, fun facts, activities, and for educators, pages filled with lesson plans to help incorporate NASA Next into the classroom. Educators and scientists review all lesson plans to ensure that the content is accurate and useful in an educational setting and that it meets national and state standards of learning. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Scouting and Joda takes to the airwaves next weekend. The largest scouting event, the Jamboree on the Air, Jota, held annually in more than 150 countries, is on the 14th, 15th and 16th of October. Jota uses amateur radio to link scouts and guides around the world the nation, or just locally. From New Caledonia comes news that Sam Tarope, FK8DD, with help from the Association Radio Amateur and Nouvelle Caledonie, which I guess is New Caledonia, has the special event call sign TX8JOTA. He says each QSO on the HF band will last a while, and those who make contact should be patient and courteous. Some of the Francophone Scout group will become radio amateurs themselves one day. They're anxious at taking to the microphone of TX8 Jota. 
that will use a 100-watt transceiver feeding a spider beam with SAM FK8DD at the controls. Now closer to home, the Melbourne Region Scouts and School Amateur Radio Club Network, SARCnet, will join together in Jamboree of the Air. Joe Gonzalez, VK3YSP, says the VK3SRC station for the 100 years of Club Scouts will be on air next weekend from Victoria's Churchill National Park in Listerfield. Cub Scouts is open to all children aged about 7 to 12. The event at Churchill Park will cater for both Scout Badges and SarkNet Awards, enabling children to gain proficiency with skills best practiced outdoors. Joe VK3 YSP explains there will be plenty of activity for all. This will include the VK3 SRC station, a short amateur radio-assisted nature walk, a VHF-UHF communications activity, chasing summits on the air and WWFF parks, emergency communication, fox hunting, satellite demonstrations, and more. Any radio amateur interested in seeing the Sarknet kids and Cub Scouts in action, including a sausage sizzle lunch, must register first by emailing the organisers at event at sarknet.org. Like this month's amateur radio magazine cover story, the Churchill National Park event is certain to appear in print too. Meantime, the WIA has had a flurry of new Joda callsign applications to recommend, so listen for them using callsigns in the S suffix block, and some Girl Guides only groups may be using the G block. To worldwide special interest groups, Rescue Radio MCOM tests in South Australia and East Malaysia. We heard earlier from Weiss SA. Now from the Malaysian Amateur Radio Transmitter Society, MARTS, we learned that last Sunday it too had a training exercise. The Malaysian Communications and Multimedia Commission, the MCMC, asked for an amateur radio emergency communications exercise on October 1 at Sarawak in East Malaysia. IARU Member Society, MARTS and the Amateur Radio Club Sarawak jointly ran the exercise with the participants from telecommunications companies and the Malaysian Civil Defence. IARU Region 3 Disaster Communications member Johnny Tan 9M8DB says the exercise used 40 metres on all modes with emphasis on the PSK31 digital mode using near-vertical incident skywave propagation. It avoided the frequency used by the Amateur Radio Organisation of Indonesia, ORARI, in Java during the flooding and landslide disaster VK4JJW told us of earlier in this week's WAA newscast. The exercise tested the local and east-to-west Malaysia paths and gave authorities a better understanding of amateur radio message handling capabilities looking at the accuracy and speed of traffic. The use of Envis propagation, PSK31, and the IARU message format has been practiced by local amateurs should they be needed for a real event. Similar emergency communications exercises are now occurring in Canada and later this month in parts of the USA. Rewind. Who had the first radio communication? Hertz, Marconi and Fessenden are among the names that come to mind when you think of early radio experimenters, but Loomis is also in the mix of inventors. Exactly 150 years ago, Dr. Marlon Loomis, a dentist, used his wireless telegraphy on Bears Den Mountain in Virginia, USA. In October 1866, he claimed to have transmitted signals between two mountaintops using kites as antennas, but without having named independent witnesses. He actively promoted his idea of charging a layer of the atmosphere for telegraph communication 
and in 1872 received a US patent for a wireless telegraph, although it's only words and no diagrams. In 1868, he showed some U.S. congressmen and scientists his wireless communication system, and in January 1873, he addressed the U.S. Congress, stating that his proposal caused electrical vibrations or waves to pass around the world with one wave circlet following another from the point of disturbance. Sounds like basic radio theory of propagation, eh? The Congress declined to use the Loomis Aerial Telegraph Company, Working a generation before Marconi, some historians consider him to be the first wireless telegrapher. However, one view is that, rather than using the atmosphere to carry continuous waves, the kites were of the same height and the antennas the same length, resulting in conduction, not radiation. Now, to mark the 150th anniversary of that experiment will be two special event stations, K6L and K1T. They will be on the summit of Bears Den Mountain in Virginia from October 14 to 16, where Loomis demonstrated his aerial telegraph or wireless telegraphy. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. Tying the ribbon on WIA and the National News Service for another week. On the social scene, October 16 in VK3, it's Barg Hamfest at Ballarat. November 6 in VK5, Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest, 8 a.m., November 20 in VK3, Rosebud Radio Fest. Tickets on sale 8am, Eastbourne Primary School. As I said, the tickets are on sale and outside displays on show from 800 hours. Inquiries to Mark, VK3 PDG, on 0407-844-063. And in VK7, November 26, it's the Miana Ham Fest, Saturday the 26th. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.